it is time for me to join my wonderful family. Hey, y'all, I hope you're ready. I've been waiting for you since Thursday. Tonight is one of them messages we're going to get spicy. Woo! Are y'all ready for this? Old Spice! We are coming with the heat. We are coming with the spice. And I can't wait. I'm so honored that you joined me on tonight. As you can see, I'm excited and I'm so thankful. I just want to thank everybody, all your shares, all your likes, subscriptions, telling people about it. Go ahead and do that now. Tell somebody, listen, I need you to join us right now because we have a word and I believe it is going to radically revolutionize your life. So thank you guys for joining me on this Sunday night. Go ahead and take your screenshot, tag us, let us know where you are in the world. We have people from the Netherlands, Brazil, South Korea, all over the world. I'm so thankful, so honored to serve you. And I'm a man on a mission on the night, so I hope you guys are ready. Um, if you would, we're going to have a, a foundational reading, but I'm going to read two different um, translations when I get to verse 27. So Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to just read two verses, verses 26 and 27. That's going to be the backdrop of tonight's preaching presentation. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27. And once again, I'm reading verse 27 in the New King James Version. And then I'm also going to read verse 27 in the NIV New International Version. All right. Ephesians 4, verse 26, it says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Verse 27 in the New International Version says, And do not give the devil a foothold. Where we're going to pause for the cause and climb on top of the operating table and by the grace of God perform a surgical operation lives in verse 27 in both translations. Do not give the devil a foothold nor give place to the devil. Father God, you're awesome. We're in awe of who you are. We make much of you, oh God. And we are just excited and thankful for the opportunity to come together and dissect your word and feast on your word together. And we pray, oh God, that any and every area in our life that you need to change, that you are trying to do construction, we will surrender to be your construction site. Anoint me to be your PA system, your spokesman, the soundtrack of heaven. In Jesus' name, and everybody who agrees with that prayer, would you drop the comment in the room? Amen. Amen. Nor give place to the devil and do not give the devil a foothold. This is so frustrating. I'm annoyed. Jerry, what's wrong with this thing? My sister was so upset a few weeks ago. She's at my house. She has an iPad and she's just so upset. She's like, man, I don't know why this thing is not working. It, it, it seems like it really doesn't work when I get over your house. And I'm just so frustrated. And what she was receiving is the most annoying symbol that you could ever receive. It doesn't matter if you have an iPhone, if you have an Android, if you have a tablet or an iPad. If you want to get frustrated, if you want to get annoyed, if you want to get irritated and agitated and something to possibly activate your sinful nature, you are going to get this symbol right here. Has anybody ever got this symbol? 
this just this just loading symbol, nonstop just loading. It doesn't matter what you do. She's upset. She's like, I may have to buy a new iPad. I'm turning my iPad off. I'm turning it back on, and I just keep on getting this symbol. Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> you may have tried to watch one of my, one of these sermon series, and this happened. Just keep on getting this loading symbol. <laughs> really, if you ever get this signal, it means one of three things. Y'all ready for this? Let's break this down. If you ever get this symbol, it means, number one, something's coming. <laughs> Woo, has heaven ever gave somebody this signal? And I believe many times God is saying, this does not mean quit. This does not mean stop praying. This does not mean stop fasting. This does not mean stop trusting. This does not mean give up on me. This does not mean walk away from the faith. Because it's one thing to have strong faith. It's another thing to have long faith. And sometimes your faith is revealed not in just what you believe, but how long can you believe it? And I think the quintessential question, the question on the floor that we have to ask ourselves on tonight is, do you have the patience while it's loading? Preach Holy Spirit. Do you have the patience while the miracle is loading? Do you have the patience while the harvest is loading? Do you have the patience while your answered prayer is loading? Do you have the patience to survive the loading phase? I feel like God is saying, listen, I've heard your prayers. I've seen your tears. I've seen your faithfulness. This symbol does not mean give up. It means something is coming. It means something is coming. There is something on the other side of this. Did y'all hear what I just said? That, that, anytime you get this symbol, it means that there's something on the other side. There's something on the other side of this pandemic. That there's something on the other side of this trial. There's something on the other side of this test. There's something on the other side of this storm. There's something on the other side of this layoff. There's something on the other side of this pain. There's something on the other side of this setback. There's something on the other side of this breakup. Can we talk? Can we talk? Listen, just because you miss them, that does not mean reach back out to them. The only person that you have ever lost that you need to get back is you. Somebody missed what I just said. The only person that you lost that I need you to get back is you. There's something on the other side of this. There's something on the other side of your obedience. There's something on the other side. And my question is, have you got so caught up with what's happening on this side that you forgot about the promise that's coming on the other side? Have you got so caught up with what's going on on this side how uncomfortable it is, how uncomfortable it is on this side to embrace the humidity of disappointment. How uncomfortable it is on this side to have the earth afterbirth of trauma on your clothes and on your mindset and on your heart. How uncomfortable it is to have the afterbirth of trauma on the inside of you. Have you got so caught up with what's going on on this side that you're not thinking about what's coming on the other side. I feel like I'm a Dale up here telling somebody hello from the other side. I believe if the next level version of you, 
could have a conversation with the current you. It would be saying, hello, from the other side. Yep, you're going to have to pray like that to get over here. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's necessary. You're going to have to fast like that to get over here. That's not too much. You're going to have to watch sermons like that to get over here. Yep, you got to delete the contact, delete the text thread, and get off social media for you to get here. Yes, it's necessary. You want to get here? I'm here to say hello from the other side. Can I get somebody to drop the comment in the room? Hello, from the other side. Question is, do you have the patience to survive while it's loading? I know it may be difficult on this side. I know it may seem dark on this side, but actually at midnight it is dark, but technically it's a new day. Trying to give you another perspective. Do you have the patience while it's loading? And I know somebody's watching this message like, okay, I hear you. Um, and I trust God and all, and Lord, I'm not trying to rush you, but can you please give a brother a tracking number? That's all I'm asking, God. That's all I'm asking. Just, just give a sister an expected delivery date. I understand I'm trusting you, but I need some tracking numbers. <laughs> it means it's coming. The second reason, let's put the symbol back up. It's still there. The second reason that you get this symbol, it means you have a poor connection. You have a poor connection. Can we talk, y'all? Are you frustrated with God? Are you frustrated with God because you want an intimate blessing, but y'all have a long-distance relationship? I feel like that hit somebody in the neck bone. Are you frustrated with God because you want an intimate blessing, but you cool with having a long-distance relationship? Maybe nothing is wrong with the iPad. Maybe it's not that the app isn't working. I understand it has all these cool features on it, but maybe it's not the iPad's issue. I'm trying to help somebody save some money. Maybe it's you have a poor connection. Anytime we strive to live life when we have distance from our divine router, when we live a lifestyle, when we have distance from our divine router, it will always make sure that we have slow internal strength. When we have distance from our divine router, somebody missed it. When we have distance from our divine router, no wonder our internal signal is weak. No wonder we keep trying to get on everybody else's connection because we don't have our own hotspot. Preach Holy Spirit, we don't have our own hotspot. So yes, you keep getting deceived. So yes, you keep falling for counterfeits because you don't have service. <laughs> You don't have service. What I'm trying to get somebody to understand is maybe the reason you keep getting hurt is because you're trying to live at long distance. And so now I keep ending up in recovery season after recovery season. What if one of the issues you and I have is we keep putting God weight on mere men? They said they would never leave me. They said they would be there for me. They said they were my ride or die. Pause real quick. Before you ride and dying, don't just ride, but ride and ask questions. I need you to ask questions, and if stuff ain't adding up and stuff ain't making sense, tell this brother to pull over. Pull over and let me out. I need to bust a U-turn. Let me off, brother, because I'm riding, but it's not making sense. <laughs> we riding, but you're not leading me to the king. You're just trying to lead me to a king-size bed. I'm out of here, boo-boo. I'm out of here. <laughs> Maybe we keep getting hurt because we keep putting God weight on mere men. They said they would never leave me. They said they would be there for me. They said they would have my back. God is the one 
who said he would never leave you nor forsake you. God is the one that said he'll stick closer like a brother. God is the one that said he'll be there. And sometimes we get so frustrated because we're expecting God from mere men. And anytime we live life, when we do not hear a forward sound, we will always revert back to familiar chaos. Did y'all hear what I just said? Anytime we live a life that we do not hear a forward sound. See, I can't speak for anybody else, but I need to hear a word. I'm not trying to hear a Google plagiarized Pinterest quote type message. I need to hear a rhema word. I need to hear what heaven is saying. I need to know what God wants for my life. What is on the heart of God? What is the pulse of God? I want to put my hand on his wrist if possible. What is on your heart, God? I don't want to be out of step with you. I'm not cool with living a lifestyle that's at a distance from you that keeps my internal strength weak I need to be close to my divine router and anytime I live a life when I do not have a forward sound I'll always revert back to familiar chaos this is why you're so tempted to go back to where you were this is why you're tempted to respond to that text message or that call and I'm just trying to help somebody to understand stop asking God to bless what he told you to stay out of See, we take Bible out of context. I just believe what God put together, you know, he's obligated to keep together. The problem is we put this together, not God. And God is not obligated to keep together what he didn't put together. Y'all not going to like me on the night. Y'all not going to like me on the night. I just feel it's necessary, by the way, for part four of this series, we're dealing with war, war, me. In this series, tonight, we're talking about war on lust. Yeah, war on lust. And I'm just trying to help somebody. And I want us to understand that maybe the reason your life keeps having this loading symbol is because you cool with the poor connection. Wow. Number three, anytime you get this loading symbol, it could be because something is coming. It could be because of a poor connection. But what I discovered and what was my sister's issue, the reason we had this loading symbol is because you have too many tabs open. <laughs> you have too many tabs open. There's a feature on an iPad. If you hold it down and swipe up, it'll show you every single app that you have open. Now, my sister was shocked because she didn't even know you were, it was possible for you to see how many apps you have open. And I said, you never close all these apps? And she said, no, I didn't even know all this stuff was open. And I'm trying to let somebody know maybe the reason lust is so dominant on your life Maybe the reason I can't get free is because you have too many doors open. You have too many tabs open. And just in case you didn't know it, I'm going to help you on tonight. We have too many doors open and we wonder why we keep on having a poor connection. We wonder why the very thing that we're asking God to send, it seems like it's just staying in this loading process. It's because you have too many tabs open. And I said, listen, this is what you got to do. You swipe up and close this door and close that door and close this door and close this door because it's affecting what you could be experiencing. And I want somebody to understand there's something some peace that you could be experiencing. There's some joy that you could experience, but you can't as long as you have that door open. Y'all not going to like me for about the next two, three minutes. Are y'all ready for this? I need you to tighten your lace fronts, guard your big toe. It's about to get real. Are you ready? Listen, you have too many doors open. Why are you still communicating with that ex? Why are you still following them on social media? 
The reason a lot of us can't get pure is because just look who you follow. Okay, we're getting in trouble. Why are you still conversing with that ex? Why are you still have them saved in your phone? Why are you monitoring, monitoring, lurking, and even just following somebody who lives where you fail? Y'all miss what I just said. You're monitoring, lurking, and following somebody who lives where you fail. You had a moment, but they live like this. They're not trying to push you into the king's presence. They're not trying to push you to be holy. They're not pushing you to have standards. They're not pushing you to have a prayer life. They're not pushing you to present your body holy and acceptable. They're not doing those things. So why are you following? And why are you crying over somebody who lives where you fail? That's a foothold. Close that door. Why, like, how in the world are you saying, I need God to help me with my purity, but you have all this sensual music? Yes, ma'am. I'm coming for your playlist. Yes, sir. I'm coming for your playlist. You're saying you're trying to live holy, but you got a vibrator and a condom. Y'all don't want to talk. You got a vibrator and a condom talking about, man, I don't know why. It just seemed this war on lust is so difficult. You own a vibrator, ma'am. You have a condom, sir. Why do you have a just-in-case backup? So you telling me you care more about dropping your phone than you dropping your panties. Is this too much? Is this too real? I don't think it's too real. I think the problem is a lot of churches gave us this unbiblical, catchy statements, and now that we're in a real pandemic, we're dealing with real crisis, we're dealing with real issues, and because we didn't address the real topics and the real struggles, now we're fighting real devils. So I don't believe it's too much. I just want to know, how is it you got a protective case on your phone? Because you're more concerned about dropping your phone than you are dropping your panties or your boxers. So what we're going to do, what we're going to do is we're going to care more about a cracked screen than we do cracked spirits. I care more about my screen getting cracked than I do my peace getting cracked and my joy getting cracked and my fulfillment getting cracked. I care more about that. I told you we're going to talk. That's an open door. Close that door. Give no place to the enemy. All of this doubting. All of this second guessing of ourself, all of this, well, I don't know what people will think, is causing for us to not be obedient. While you're sitting up here second guessing yourself, hell fears your potential. Remember, you see yourself as the pine cone. That's not how hell sees you. You see yourself as a pine cone. That's not how God sees you. God sees you as a forest. And so the reason you won't write that book is because you're more concerned about what people will say. The reason that you won't record that song is because you're more concerned about what people will say. The reason that you haven't started that YouTube channel is because you're more concerned about what people will say. And God is saying, there's something I want to get you to. And the reason you keep experiencing this loading thing is because you have the door of doubt open. You have the door of not trusting me open. Close that door. Give no place to the enemy. Hope you guys are ready for tonight. Hope you guys are ready. I'm struggling, but everything in your playlist promotes sexual immorality. I, I, I don't know why I keep dealing with this, but your whole friend, your community, sometimes even your family, is the secondhand smoke to your purity. And you wonder why you can't be strong and why you keep falling to this. The Word of God tells us this. Do not give the devil a foothold 
So I can't make the erroneous assumption that everybody knows what I'm attempting to articulate. So let's break down what is a foothold. The best way for me to describe a foothold is I want you to imagine that you're running from somebody. They're chasing after you. You run into a room and you try to shut the door, but at the bottom of the door, they stuck their foot in so that you cannot fully close the door. That is a foothold. I really can't close this door because there's something that is preventing for me to fully close this. It could be your music. It could be your favorite TV show. It could be the person you call him bae. It could be the person you call him your boyfriend, your girlfriend. It is a foothold. The devil doesn't have full access, but he has his foot in the door. And you wonder why I'm not fully free from this area. It's because you gave him a foothold. And Ephesians chapter 4 is saying, listen, don't give him no place, not even a foothold. Because if you give him a foothold, he's eventually going to step in and get a hold of your mind and a hold of your peace. No place. No place. No foothold. Listen, when we have this conversation about lust, we have to understand. Please hear me. We have to understand when we're dealing with lust that all of us have been born with this virus. All of us have been born with, it, with this virus. It's not nothing that a vaccine can fix. It's nothing that medication could slow down the spread. There's no treatment, there's no therapy, there's no nurse that could treat us of this virus. And this virus goes by the name of sinful nature. You have it? Yes, ma'am. As beautiful as you are, you got it. <laughs> Bruh, as fly as you think you are, you got it. This sinful nature, it's, it's this flesh, this, this bad will alignment of the human heart that just constantly just bends toward evil. Is anybody honest enough to just admit that it's just like I'm bent towards evil? I'm filled with the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is helping me to be free from this, but my natural nature, the Bible puts it this way, my heart is deceitfully wicked. It just constantly just bends towards evil. If I just let the will go for a moment, if I just don't pray for a moment, if I just wake up and go throughout a day without spending time with God, don't let you go a whole week without even communing with God, it's just that will alignment just sins to just keep on turning me and jerking me and shifting me towards things that I don't want to turn to. This, this sinful nature, and there's a symptom of this sinful nature. It's so contagious. It spreads real easily. And it's one of the things that a lot of us are being played by. I'm talking about the symptom of the sinful nature that goes by the name of lust. Lust. And everything about our world and everything about our culture is gasoline to that lust that we already have. Every TV show, the hottest songs of the day, and it starts young, y'all, elementary, daycare, it starts real young. We see little girls twerking, young. Everything about our society, everything about our culture promotes for us to engage in sexual immorality. Everything. And I want you to remember this. Sex is a fire. Marriage is the fireplace, which means you'll get burned if you do it any other way. Say it one more time. Sex is a fire. Marriage is the fireplace which means you'll get burned if you do it any other way. Everything of our world is constantly telling us to let your lust rage. Let's look what the word of God says about this in 1 John. 1 John chapter 2. 
verse 16. It says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And I believe the reason for many of us the reason why lust has such a grip on our minds and such a grip on our hearts and is so dominant in our life is due to our first teacher. Okay, I'm trying to help somebody on tonight. It's, it's due to our first teachers. A lot of us don't even recognize your first teacher matters. Your, your first teacher matters. We're struggling right now. Right now at this very moment, a lot of us are struggling right now because we're trying to unlearn the lessons from our first teacher. Which is why the Bible has so much to say about discipleship of children. And have so much to say about training your children to be godly because your first teacher matters. Because it's easier to train a child than it is to get an adult to unlearn some things. I need you to train them now. Train them now. You got to be their first teacher. And I'm going to get in trouble, but I'm not called to be popular. I'm called to tell you the truth. When you have a child, you have an obligation to raise them in the ways of the Lord. Not drop them off over your mama so that you can go to the club. Not drop them off over your daddies so that you can have some woman spend the night with you. Not drop them off over their grandparent house so that you can go to the club, so that you can go to a hookah bar, so that you can get drunk, so that you can do what you want to do. I'm sorry, boo-boo, but you have an obligation now to raise up this child to be kingdom to raise this child to be godly you have to be their first teacher because if you're not the school system will be the music will be the tv shows will be you have to get a jump on it and be their first teacher the bible has so much to say about this and a lot of us right now you know why we're struggling because of all of our first teachers Listen, God says this in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. It says, train up a child. The word train in Hebrew means literally to drag. It says to train up a child. I want you to think of a train track. The engine is dragging everybody down a certain path. It says train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And then in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, it says, fathers, now it's directing itself to men. It says, fathers, daddy, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Why is it calling out dads? I've said it so many times. God is saying, listen, bro, you are the point of reference to me. You are the point of reference to me. Before they ever look to me, they're going to look to you. So your absence is going to affect how they view me. You not spending time with them is going to affect how they view me. So dads, I need you to teach your child discipline and to bring them up in the way of the Lord. This is your responsibility. Mothers are doing the best that they can. But fathers, I need you to step up because you are the point of reference to me. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. But bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. God is saying, listen, why their children be their first teacher. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 and 7, it says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your what? Children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way. 
When you lie down and when you rise up, God is saying, listen, I want you to talk about me all the time. You can't constantly talk about me if you're binging the NBA. You can't constantly, oh, y'all don't want to talk. I'm talking about you getting upset if your favorite football team throws an interception, but you throwing interceptions in real life with your fatherhood. It's saying, listen, bro, I need you to understand. Train them up when they lay down, when they get up, when you're sitting down, when you're walking. Constantly train them because your first teacher matters, and I need you to be the first teacher. Listen, y'all, we cannot keep sending our children to Hollywood and then be confused when they come back sounding like actors. We cannot keep sending our children to Caesar, but then get confused when they come back talking like Romans. You are the first teacher, and you have to be able to tell them first. You have to get to your daughter first and let her know, okay, this is what happens when you get butterflies in your stomach. We have to have men who can grab our sons and grab our nephews and explain to them before the school system tries to explain to them, what does it mean when you get an erection? This doesn't mean have sex with four or five, six girls. Let me explain what it means to be a man I had to be your first teacher and a lot of us we have not understood if we don't become the first teacher somebody else will somebody else oh he likes you girl he likes you that means you're supposed to kiss him that, that's that's what you're supposed to do no you're not that could just mean you need to be friends see some of us have messed up good friendships when we try to make it romantic y'all don't want to talk We've messed them up. Why? Because chemistry does not mean companionship. And because the culture was our first teacher, we tried to make that which was supposed to be an assignment an alignment. First teacher matters. First teacher matters. You're not telling your son what manhood is. You're not telling your daughter what this means. You know what's going to happen. Hey, man, what you supposed to do? You're supposed to take her under the stairwell like that. Hey, man, when, when, when she's talking like this, you're supposed to skip school and go do this. Hey, girl, when he does this, you're supposed to touch him like this. And so now we're struggling due to all the lessons of our first teacher. First teacher matters. And what's worse, a lot of us are dealing with first teachers, unfortunately, that happened in our home. Your first teacher was your uncle who introduced you to sexual perversion. Yeah, your, your first teacher was your stepfather who touched you inappropriately, calling it tickle time. That, that was the first introduction, and you didn't even recognize at five and six years old, they were introducing to you a familiar spirit of perversion that's been on our bloodline. I broke this down already. Familiar spirit in Greek is familius. It means household servant. There is something that has a hold on this house. Y'all ever felt it? Y'all ever been to somebody's house? And it's just something about it. Just everybody in this family just kind of ratchet. Everybody in this family just cursed too much. Everybody in this family, after Thanksgiving, then everybody got a beer. Not just some, everybody drinking something. Everybody faded. Everybody getting high. It's a household servant. There has been a spirit that has been hovering over this family that has a hold on them in lust, has a hold on them in perversion. And unfortunately, some of us got introduced to it at six. And now you're 26. Wonder why. Why do I just keep bending this way? First teacher, first teacher, first teacher. What I'm trying to get us to understand is we have to be the first teacher because that allows us to get a step on the enemy so that when culture tries to tell us this is what you do and this is how you respond, we already know, nah, my body's a temple. 
I already know, no, that's not, that's not holy and acceptable as unto the Lord. And begin to understand it doesn't matter if it's not cool to you because I've already experienced my first teacher. You're being taught wrong, not me. I'll never forget it. I had a whole group of dudes making fun of me in college. There was this one girl. She was saying, hey, come by my, in my apartment. And I was like, nah, I ain't going to. I'm not going to do that. And they were making fun of me. Bro, you gay. You missing out. And I said, yeah, I am missing out on wrath. <laughs> when you begin to understand who you are in God, you don't begin to question yourself because culture lives by a different code. You begin to understand, I want you to come to the knowledge of truth, but I'm not toning down my light because you don't understand. I've been taught by a different teacher. This is good. And so we have a lot of conversations, people telling us about STDs. I'm like, listen, I, I think we do need to talk about STDs, not sexually transmitted diseases, but spiritually transmitted devils. We have to talk about it because a lot of us are dealing with spirits that happened in our house. Which is why when it comes to lust, you're naturally bent that way. Because I had a first teacher. And then to add insult to injury, everybody in my whole house watched VH1. Everybody in my whole house watched BAT, BET. Y'all remember BET After Dark? BET Uncut. You know, the stuff that you have to sneak downstairs and watch at 2, two 3 in the morning. I did it. Don't judge me if y'all want to. I'm being transparent. I did it. Constantly trying to educate myself by the teachers of this world, but then wonder why I'm handcuffed and bound by the systems of this world. I learned the lessons. And so now we have a whole generation confusing love with lust and sexual desire. So what is love? We're going to go to the Bible. Is it all right if we do that? Even if it's not, we are. We're going to go to the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. So this is what love is. So you can stop telling some man and stop telling some girl you love them. You really don't. You lust them. Unfortunately, some of us have never experienced love. What the world calls love, heaven does not call love. It just, it's lust. That feeling, well, I ain't never made nobody feel, make me feel like that. That's just a feeling, and feelings are fleeting. Okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, it says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. Dishonor others. Any man that's cool with dishonoring your body and claims to be a believer as well does not love you. He lusts you. I know that hurt. I'm just trying to give you Bible. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. So if you notice, they got mad when you stopped giving them some. Because, oh, oh, I'm about to get in trouble. Because they're so caught up with pleasing their flesh that if you don't give me orgasms, I don't want you. This is the danger of masturbation because masturbation teaches you how to please yourself. And so now, y'all wanted it. I'm trying to give it to you. So now you're struggling with getting aroused to your wife because you have been classically conditioned to multiple women. And you have been engaged in masturbation and pornography. And what arouses you is somebody behind the screen and you pleasing yourself. So when it comes time for you to join with your wife, you don't really understand that she can't please me because you've been training yourself how to please you the original intent of God was for sex to be a discovery not an exhibit oh lord it was meant to be a discovery not an exhibit I like it like this and I like it like that and I like it like this God wants both of y'all to be ignorant you don't know what you like 
He don't know what he like. And in the midst of marriage, we learn what each other likes. We discover what we like. And then people will say, well, I don't understand. I don't want to practice abstinence and then get married and the sex sucks. The problem is not the sex sucking. It's that I don't want, what you're really saying is, I don't want to do things God's way and it's not worth it. I had so much fun doing it the devil's way that I wonder, is God's way just as good? And God is saying, really, it's not about my way being just as good. It's that you still have the aftertaste. See, I'm getting ahead of myself. A lot of us need to understand your singleness is space for you to detox and unlearn. I need to purge myself of what I engaged in. I need to purge myself, not try to hurry up and get married to try to somehow quench this lust desire. No, I need to be purged. If marriage cured lust, adultery wouldn't exist. So I, I need to learn self-control now. A fruit of the spirit is self-control. That's married or unmarried. I need to learn this right now. I need to detox what Billy did to me, what James did to me, what Monica did to me, what Marissa did to me. I need to detox from all of them right now so that I do not go into covenant wishing I had what I had in sin. All right. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always preserves. That's kingdom love. Can I get somebody? I know you may not like me right now. Can I get somebody to drop the comment in the room? That's kingdom. And unfortunately, some of us have never experienced that. Love. Now, there's a difference between sexual desire, sexual desire and lust. And I wish somebody would have told me this. I wish somebody would have taught me this when I was 16 and 17 because every youth, concert, every youth institute, every youth conference, every youth explosion, I was always questioning my salvation. I can't tell you how many times I went up to the altar. I can't tell you how many times I raised my hand. I'm not saved. I'm not saved because I keep having these desires. God, I want you to take it away, but then I don't. My mind's telling me no, but my body's telling me yes, I'm struggling, God, am I saved? <laughs> Take it away. And then I had this epiphany, sexual desire is not sin. I just messed somebody all the way up, all the way up. Because we keep on hearing sermons, you desire is sin. Sexual desire is not sin. You have to understand sex in marriage is a gift from God. Sex in marriage is a gift from God. So you telling me it's sin to desire a gift from God? No. It's not wrong for me to desire what God will give me in covenant. Now, but if we be honest, the thing is, I had all those teachers mess me up, though. All those porn teachers, all those girlfriend teachers, all those boyfriend teachers, all that 90s R&B teachers to where I don't want sex in marriage. I just want sex, period. <laughs> I just want a period. I don't want it in covenant. I'm not desiring for it in covenant. I just want it, period. I just need me some, period. <laughs> Sexual desire and lust is two totally different things, Okay. I think we have to understand the only difference between the Christ follower and the person who does not follow Christ is we both have the same desires. One gives into them while the other trusts in God to help us flee from them. That's the only difference. 
The only difference between somebody who follows Christ and somebody who doesn't follow Christ. Somebody may make me mad and I want to say something, but the Holy Spirit convicts me and keeps me from engaging in what I want to say. The person who doesn't follow Christ, bleep, 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 they're going to let it out. <laughs> us who follow Christ, we are filled with the Spirit. And it's the spirit on the inside of us that helps us war against the sinful nature. The sinful nature and the Holy Spirit are contrary with one another. They're constantly at war. There's a war on the inside. That's why it's war on lust. There's just this, this desire that we have. And I wish somebody would have taught me this because I would have stopped questioning if I was saved. Every time I have the desire. Sexual desire is actually human. Before you're introduced to anything perverted, it is natural. There's something called puberty. It's natural for your sexual like responses to be awakened around a certain age. That's a natural thing, okay? How we get perverted is when we have other teachers influence that nature. All right? Look at this. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. It says, flee all youthful lust. But pursue, like you're going to have youthful lust that happens, but I need you to pursue righteousness, pursue faith, pursue love, pursue, pursue peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Sexual desire can be the starting line where lust can take off, okay? But the desire, the word desire in itself means to have hope and wish for the fulfillment of. So if you're like, you know, I, I desire to be married, and to have sex with my husband, if I desire to be married and to have sex with my wife, that's not sin. What makes it lust is not being thirsty, but when we're actually drinking from the cup. Okay? That's when it's lust, when I'm actually doing it. It's not, listen, it's not that first glance that gets you in trouble. It's that second one. It's that second glance, stare, and oh, we may. That's the one. Because then that allows that lust to grab a heart. Jesus says it this way. If any man looks at a woman with lust in his what? Heart. He has committed adultery already with her. This is when you are just staring. You are undressing them with your mind. Pornography has taught you to view women as subjects versus God's queens. And so I view them through a lens of perversion. And now I want to do things with them. Now you're lustful. Now you're lustful. I hope we understand that. Once again, sex is a fire. Marriage is a fireplace. We'll get burned if we do it any other way. A lot of marital problems are people who are trying to unlearn their first teacher. Did y'all hear what I just said? A lot of your problems in marriage are when two people are trying to unlearn when somebody already taught them something. So three points probably only going to get to two, and I'm done. First point, somebody's watching this like, man, I'm just struggling so hard, though, with lust. I want to help you. Maybe you're not as lustful as you think. It's your environment. So I got my boys up here, right? These are my two dudes, all right? Make sure you see them. Y'all see them? We're going to call you lust and lustful. That's what we're going to call both of y'all. <laughs> so they're in their natural environment, right? And I think this is why our lust is so hard, because we're trying to get a hold of it. We're, we're trying to grab them. I can't get a hold of my addiction. I can't grab. 
y'all can see this. I'm, I'm trying to grab my porn desire, but trying to grab me from stop looking at her backside. I'm trying to grab my, I can't get them because they're in their environment. When your lust has waters where it could rain and roam, it's going to be difficult for you to try to grab it. I'm sitting up here trying to grab these fish. Look at this. He won't let me. Oh, that one was fast. I'm trying to grab you. It's difficult. Okay. It's hard because they're in an environment. Somebody say environment. So what we're going to do, all right, since my lust want to be all stingy like that, what we're going to do is I'm going to take you out of your environment. I'm going to take you out of your environment. I'm going to drain that TV show. I'm going to drain that lust. I'm going to drain that porn. I'm going to drain that girlfriend. I'm going to drain that boyfriend. I'm going to drain that toxic music. I'm going to drain those patterns. I'm going to drain those songs. I'm going to take you out of your environment. Now let's see if I can get you. It's a little harder. Oh, but I got you. <laughs> Could you be struggling because you're trying to catch your lust and keep it in an environment? Maybe the reason you can't change is because you're trying to change, but you're trying to keep the same environment. And what I'm trying to get you to see is if you could change your environment, if you could change being idle, if you could change what you're listening to, if you could take away its atmosphere, if you could take away the place that gives the lust strength, now I'm going to get you, bro. I'm going to get control of my thoughts. I'm going to get control of my patterns. Why? Because I took the environment away. And I wonder, maybe you're not as bound to lust as you think you are. Maybe it's you're not focused on the environment. Being alone in the apartment with that woman at 2 o'clock in the morning, that's an environment. You keeping that contact in your phone, knowing that it's unhealthy for your spiritual growth, that's an environment. You hanging around those dudes that keep on talking about what they're doing to all these females and some of them are married and they're not talking about their wives, that's an environment. And a lot of us, I'm just trying to get you to see, maybe you're struggling to change because you're trying to change, but keep the same environment, keep the same friends, keep the same shows, be subscribed to the same channels, listen to the same music. Maybe the issue is your environment. Number two, the reason a lot of us are struggling with lust, reinforcements. <laughs> we have all these things that are constantly reinforcing, reinforcing us to give in to our lust. Give in to our lust. Are you constantly, just like my two guys here, lust and lustful, are you constantly having friends, associations that are reinforcements for your lust? You trying to change. But you know what your friends do? They keep pouring the water back in. Every single time you come around, they keep pouring the water back in. And so now I have a reinforcement for my lust. I did all this work. So you're telling me you're going to do all this work and change your environment? But then you're going to allow somebody to come in your life and put the environment right back? And then you're like, man, I just, I, I keep struggling. No, you keep dealing with somebody who's a reinforcement for your lust. And lastly popular statement for July, <laughs> entanglements. This, this, this is not an entanglement. This is not an entanglement. This is sin, and we're not calling it what it is. 
is sin. It's adultery. The Bible calls it fornication, sexual immorality. And you want to be free from it? I got to first look at my environment. Number two, what are reinforcements? And number three, what are things that keep getting me tripped up? What are things that every time I try to walk away, I notice the wire that is still attached to me? What keeps me entangled? What keeps me bound? And for a lot of us, we overlook it because it could be something as simple as who you follow on IG. Who you follow on Instagram. So when you're just scrolling, you'll see a picture that triggers your lust. Triggers it. For myself, when I wanted to really get free of the grip of lust, I had to detox. Friends, music. I'm not even watching TV for a while. You know why? Because I don't know if y'all remember the commercials, people eating chocolate. If you want this hot, warm chocolate. And then they had these herbal essence commercials. Y'all remember those? Yes, yeah. I'm like, you don't need to do all that, girl, washing your hair. You do not need to do all that washing your hair. So for me, I don't want no foothold. I don't want no place. And that herb that, oh, yes, is bothering me. It may be comical to y'all, but it's bothering me, Okay. It reminds me of stuff I used to watch. I'm being real. It bothers me. So I can't watch it. She don't have to eat that chocolate bar like that. It bothers me. So I'm not going to watch any TV for a while. Why? Because I'm making sure there's nothing that will cause me to be in an entanglement. So God, we pray. Give us the strength to identify atmospheres, environments, and anything that's possibly reinforcing our lust to have a grip on us. And God, anything that will trip us up, any triggers, any entanglements, anything that will pull us back, help us cut it. God, cut the umbilical cord of our past and birth us to a new realm and to a new dimension. And God, give us the strength to unlearn the lessons from our first teachers so that we could do what your word tells us to in Ephesians 4 nor give place to the devil and do not give the devil a foothold. It's in your precious son's name we pray in Jesus' name, amen.